the One Piece trailer just dropped for the Netflix live action. Who in pro wrestling would you cast in the new One Piece show? Dude, I'm so stoked on this. A lot of people are saying it looks not that great, but I I feel like most people are saying that it looks awesome and I'm with them. I think it looks cool. It looks a lot of fun. It looks really cute. For me, I'm casting, first of all, the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, as Arlong, wielder of Zawater with the blue hockey, ready to take on anybody. You know, that's where our tribal chief is going. You can just see Roman wearing that that Hawaiian t-shirt, sitting on that throne with a giant sword over his back, ready to chomp, chomp Luffy down. You know what I mean? I'm surprised you didn't cast him as Kaido. That's just the easiest one I could see, you know, off the top of my head. Of course he's Kaido, but I mean, I'm only doing the what is available in the casting of the One Piece live action. You don't think uh, Roman Reigns will stick around to play Kaido in 20 years when when they they catch up? 20 (laughs) years? That's going to be Roman Reigns' big Hollywood break. And then Jey Uso can be king. (laughs) (laughs) Who else you got? Anybody else? Um, dude, it was so hard to pick some of these because it's like, who really captures what it means to be Monkey D. Luffy? There's no good shonen protagonists within wrestling that truly fight for themselves because everybody's like, I do this for the people. Like, I'm not going to pick Seth Rollins. He's fighting for the people. He's like a people's champion. That's not what Luffy is. Luffy fights for himself and just so happens to liberate countries along the way. That's why the only person worthy of picking with that charisma and that willingness to fight that could take down Roman Reigns and Kaido, it's Brian Danielson. He is wow. our Luffy. I could totally and see who? that. You know, I, it's it's really hard to figure out, like, to cast in that role. I was thinking maybe, like, Orange Cassidy, but he might be too cool to be Luffy, you know? Yeah, Orange Cassidy is probably, like, Law or something. He's, like, a later-on character, you know? He's someone more chill yeah. and like laid back or he's like Frankie or Brooke, you know, someone he's someone he comes in the grand line. Orange Cassidy is okay. a grand line player. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got one more for me? I got I got I got a lot more. But who is a better right hand for Luffy than Zoro? And who cares more about the blade, more about sharpening their skills, more about becoming the best and conquering their foe in front of them than asuka herself wow gender bender zoro gender bender (laughs) zoro and let me give you let me just give you a few more real quick because you know one of my favorite characters is usopp he's a coward with the heart of a champion and a deadbeat dad and that's dominic Mysterio, and we're casting his deadbeat dad, Rey Mysterio, as Yasop, a wonderful champion, a legend in his own right, and part of the red-haired pirates. That'll be Shanks. What does Shanks do? Shanks? Shanks is that guy that fucking vibe checks people, dude. He fucking goes around. He knows everybody. He fucks shit up. He's denying fraud allegations left and right. You don't know if he's the best in the world or the worst to ever do it. See M Punk. Wow. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We just recasted the One Piece live action. Eva, go get Oda on the phone. Tell him to break into the pro wrestling market. So, you know, we got a lot of stuff to cover this week. We got Collision's debut. 
Uh, you know, we misspoke last week. Forbidden Door is actually this week, so we'll break down some of that and then some SmackDown. But before we jump in, I want to say RIP to the people in that submarine. disqualified but i mean you didn't say anything about jason jordan outside running all around using illegal tactics you didn't say anything i wanted to say right after that announcement because i do not feel sad about the six dead in the submarine i figured that was like a tie-in right one piece pirate ship submarine something like that you know but uh, law was there <laughs> Yet to room them out of the the submarine that they got bolted <laughs> <Yeah>. into. <laughs> law Law would never. First of all, <laughs> he would have made sure that submarine was tight. <laughs> but what were you saying during the intro? You got one more One Piece cast for me. Um, Garp is John Cena for obvious reasons. Obvious the reasons. <laughs> Dude, built the same. Look at him. <laughs> the same build. <laughs> Navy Admiral John F. and Cena, you know, John D. Cena. I could totally get behind that. But, you know, welcome back to the Legal Tactics Podcast. Another week of pro wrestling for us to break down. Uh, what's up, man? How's, how's your week been? Anything cool in the, the wonderful week that you had that isn't pro wrestling related? Dude, today I did a sauna for the first time ever. Me and the valet. Wow. Went and did a private sauna, infrared sauna. I'm feeling wonderful. 9.30 a.m. Got my fucking sweat on. It was amazing. 144 degrees in there. Feeling good. I can't wait to go back. Was it uh, like a bathhouse or just like a sauna room? Just a sauna room. It's uh, it's on top of her like yoga studio. And they have like a whole wellness center upstairs with like sauna rooms and massage places. But. Got a nice fucking sauna in. You just chill there. Bring some water. Oh, amazing. I drank my whole like 40 ounces of water. Just guzzling and guzzling. Sweating up a storm. I'm glad that you fucking did that. I know anytime I go into a sauna room, I could probably only last like two minutes before I start hyperventilating because of the hot air that I'm breathing in. But uh... So the thing is, infrared saunas, they don't heat up the air. They only heat up the person. That's how it works. So okay. check it out. They heat up the air like 20%, they say, and then heat up the person like 80%. So check it out. It was not hot air. It was not difficult to breathe at all. Didn't even notice. Didn't heat up the stuff around like the bench or anything. Wasn't hot to the touch at all. It was easy peasy. Nothing like a steam room or a, a typical sauna. Um, You know, speaking of that, you know, you're saying it's super hot. What's the weather like over there? I saw this clip of red rocks did you see this of like the hail rainstorm what the fuck is that i heard about that i have an outdoor concert tonight down in denver so i hope we do not get golf balls golf ball sized hail that is fucking crazy people are just getting pelted that is that's some scary stuff that happens though around here people just get hit with hail storms it ruins cars it fucks shit up i'm not trying to deal with that i have dumped way too much money into my car which is like Still barely functioning as it is, so please do not hit me with a bunch of hail. Speaking of icy hailstorms, have you been influenced yet on your timeline? Do you know what a ninja creamy is? I have no idea what a ninja creamy is. Please, please enlighten me. This machine 
has changed my life. I got influenced on, you know, TikTok to buy this fucking ice cream machine. It's like you pour in a protein shake, you leave it in overnight, and you just blend it in the morning a few times, and it's ice cream. It's like Wendy's soft serve. And I've just been eating and eating and eating ice cream, dude. It's crazy. Oh, my God. How interesting. But you make, it's like protein shakes, but then turned into the consistency of ice cream. Exactly. So you throw in a chocolate protein shake, and it's like a Wendy's chocolate frosty. You can mix in wow. whatever you want, you know? But, wow, uh, you that's know, awesome. Speaking of oh, that's awesome. mix-ins, let's, <laughs> let's talk about fucking Collision, dude. This has been a jam-packed week. You know, we had the return of CM Punk back to All Elite Wrestling. Um, he opens up this... Amen, brother. He's vibe-checking everyone, just like Shanks. The Conqueror's hockey was leveling everybody in Chicago on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, CM Punk shows up with a shaved head. He's got a red bag and some shoes around his neck and cuts a nice little promo. Um, What were your thoughts on CM Punk's return, his opening promo on Collision? I fucking loved it. That Bucks comment better lead to a goddamn storyline. Everybody needs to buck up or shut up. It would be pure cowardice laziness and just the act of penitent children if they don't figure out how to turn it into a story you know i truly believe punk when he says i didn't want to work with hangman because i thought he was gonna like you know out of nowhere start stiffing me in the ring start like shooting for himself guys just get rid of that and go make some motherfucking money let's make some money there's a lot of people that don't like each other in this business. And you know what they do? They turn that into a story. If Matt Hardy and Edge can make it work, you guys can make it work. I guarantee it, you know? And I know Punk can make it work because he's done shit like this before. So come on, guys. It's not that big of a deal. Don't be softer, like he said, than the fans that are cheering for you. Don't be softer than the wrestlers you're cheering for. Let's get it together. His promo was so fucking good. Collision, show of the week. Even by now, it's Thursday. Dynamite was last night. We had a good Raw, great SmackDown. Collision, show of the week, easy. It was like a pay-per-view with a powerful promo and match of the week on it. Yeah, I I mean, I personally, when I first watched this, I made sure to tune in pretty much live on Saturday. I was doing nothing better (laughs) than just fucking (laughs) watching live wrestling on a Saturday night. But, you know, CM Punk's promo, he's the best to do whatever that is. You know, that CM Punk style promo of just getting people hyped up. But he kind of just didn't really say much in terms of like getting into everything. He kept things pretty vague, which I I'm totally okay with as long as they do business down the road. I also like that he kind of plugged a few different feuds that could carry him throughout the summer. You know, there's the red bag mysteriously that he's carrying around, or at least that one night that presumably has what the AEW world championship that he never lost in it. Right? Like 30 spiders in it, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But that, that in itself is like, Perfect story. It continues where he left off or the plans before he got injured to kind of feud with MJF uh, down the line. I was honestly, I was honestly thinking that uh, MJF was going to turn down Tanahashi and CM Punk was going to get the match that he was supposed to 
uh, have last year for Benindor have and last just kind year. of dude. That's what I wanted too. That would have been so. I think that would have helped all three guys. But I don't know if Punk can keep up with Tanahashi. Granted, I looked into this guy Satoshi Kojima. Satoshi Kojima. All you you look him up. It's just Lariat in all caps. That's all it is. It's just Lariat, all caps. Just this guy said Lariat about him. So good luck, Punk. I don't know if you're going to have a head at the end of this match. But I would have fucking loved that. It would have been so cool to solidify this title. Who's the false champion? Who's the real champion? This one's not a triple B. This one's like the original AEW title. It would have solidified Collision so much. It really can start to build this brand split if you have two of these titles it ah could have really fucking been something if they did that i don't know why they didn't like we need mjf versus tanahashi yeah but you know we'll see what happens with cm punk you know he's says the king is back he's he's still got a lot to get off his chest so we'll see kind of how he fits into aew kind of moving forward um do you think though that they are just kind of working us and they're kind of milking it they're easing punk back into it do you think that it is going to lead to an eventual, you know, elite versus CM Punk storyline at Wembley. It has to, dude. I just have been a fan of the elite, especially Kenny and the Bucks for so long that I want to believe in them. And I want to believe that they care about this, that this is such a opportunity to create such wonderful and amazing art. You know, when they first started all elite wrestling, they were, you know, talking about Punk, consistently invoking him. And I don't care how much they hate him at this point. This is what the wrestling business is. It's all about folding in real-life drama into the stories they're telling and then having it explode in the ring. So I'm hoping that this is all a gigantic work. Because if it is, you're creating art on a grand proportion. Wrestling is about the work. If this is just like... I don't want to work with him because he hurt my feelings. Then you're a fucking pussy and you're lame and go work a fucking desk job. Go get a work from home job so you don't have to deal with anybody. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that it's only makes sense that this is all a work that they're not saying anything. They're not confirming anything and they're keeping things just vague enough that that I think that there's a possibility that this is going to be the feud after Forbidden Door. Because also, if this is all true, they had, you know, the Elite and CM Punk on Dynamite last week. So I think that they're fucking fine. But, I mean, it was a backstage segment with the Elite at the same time. Were they even there? Was that a pre-tape? We didn't see any of them in the ring. We didn't see anybody come back out. Eddie Kingston could have done that last week. It's perfect, though, because, like, if they would have gotten eaten alive by the marks in the crowd in Chicago, you know, they were getting they, there was punk fucking... chance just when that was playing. Yeah, and they were getting fuck the elite chance during Punk's opening promo and collision. So I think it's smart. I think that they're, you know, testing the waters and just not giving it all at once because milk it. You know, we, you got you got a pay-per-view on Sunday. We got some stuff to get to before we can even dive deeper into this. But. Let's talk about the main event. We had CM Punk's first match back. Uh, he main evented AEW Collision. CM FTR versus Samoa Joe and Bullet Club Gold. Tell me your thoughts on this match. CM Punk's first match back. 
Here's what I really want to say. I have three thoughts. One, they protected the fuck out of Punk. Cool. That's fine. Two, Juice Robinson really impressed me. I feel like I haven't really paid attention to his matches. He really impressed me. He's very animated, very fun, very crazy, and I really liked it. Three, is Samoa Joe one of the greatest storytellers in the ring who really fucking makes you believe? I've always known this. I've always felt this. But God damn, did I think he was going to make Punk tap? Yeah. Or pass out. (laughs) This is the perfect feud for Punk. You know, at first when they kind of penciled this in, uh, you know, during like the upfronts or anything, kind of speculating who Punk is going to work with upon returning. And when Joe's name was thrown in there, I was like, okay, it's probably just like an easy feud for him. He's boys with Joe. They have all their Ring of Honor history. But I didn't really, I wasn't too confident about it until that first tag in when you had the stare down with CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Fire. It was dude, incredible, dude. He, he conquers lit hockey. his fucking, <laughs> he lit crazy. CM Punk up, dude, with those chops. And when Punk was trying to throw him back and they were just weak as fuck, it was hilarious. And I, I couldn't stop watching it. And yeah, I totally agree. Punk was super protective. It was hilarious to see, you know, Punk getting maybe two or three moves in before he either tagged out or threw him in a rest hold. But like you said, protected. He looked great. He didn't really flub at all, pretty much. Um, but hey, who's got a better body, you think? CM Punk or Adam Cole? CM Punk. I like the way he looks right now. I like the shaved head. The valet kept saying that he looked old. I feel like I heard that in other places, but I think he looks cool. I like the shaved head. I'm a mark for it. Not going to lie. He should get yeah. a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, man. The, and the finish was really cool. We had a shatter machine on juice and then another GTS on juice. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's I'm glad that CM Punk now this time around kind of knows his limitations you know what i mean Where it's yeah like he's not trying to do too much he's not trying to buckshot yeah don't anybody. come out here and have fucking try to try to have five-star classics just you don't need to you can tell a slow story in the ring and have the other people do shit they can bump around for you i mean look at sting you know he does one big spot every match and it's fucking crazy and he goes slow the rest of it and everyone just sells for him you can do that you have the clout to do that it should have been what he was always doing. If I can make one nitpick about this match, and I don't know if you you must have caught it because it was during that amazing submission where I really thought that Punk was going to lose, and I was down with it. I was like, "Wow, what a story they're going to tell if he loses his first bat- match back." Both of the guys in FTR are being held back, you know, and then Cash Wheeler is released. He gets away from from Juice, right? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> Dax is being held on the other rope, complete opposite from him. And Punk is in the center being choked out by Joe. And he's the legal man. If he taps out, they lose. Game over. Instead of Cash, you know, attacking Joe, breaking up that pin, he runs all the way across the ring and frees Dax. And then Dax jumps over the rope and then freeze punk. And I was like, what? I do remember I get that. that that was the spot. Don't do the spot because it's stupid. Go release the legal man. Go save the legal man. J- 
Jay White will stop choking your buddy because there's no point anymore. For sure. But, you know, we'll see what happens this week on Collision. You know, we'll we'll get into on Dynamite. But, you know, they have another CMFTR multi-man match um, kind of paid up. But, you know, speaking of game over, we also had the return of the Redeemer, Miro, on AEW Collision. Uh, who did he face? Do you remember off the top of your head? Tony Nese. Yes. Tony's, Tony's knees. <laughs> Crushed uh, Tony's knees, and then he spread his wife's knees. <laughs> I'm so happy that Miro's back. He's killing men, praising God, and fucking his wife exactly as he should be. I hope that there's some bigger plan. I mean, it was cool to see him back in the ring. He got a great ovation. Um, yeah, shout out to Miro, man. That's all I can really say. We'll see what happens. Um, but the other return of the night that everyone keeps talking about is Andrade, El Idolo, came back again after a few months hiatus versus Buddy Murphy. Tell me, you, you really love this match, didn't you? A lot of people did. Dude, this match was so fucking good. I had no idea what to expect. You know, sometimes you're going to get too much flippy shit with Buddy Murphy, but a lot of times you'll get a great match. And then Andrade, you know, it's like we haven't seen a great match from him since his Johnny Gargano match, it feels like. back Way back in NXT in like 2017 or 2018, this match was fucking a was a classic they're selling his leg they're selling his shoulder it was fucking amazing i loved the entire thing my eyes were glued to the screen the entire time they were actually telling a story every move felt like it had a reason behind it when there was there was a botch in it and they made it feel like it was part of it i loved it i couldn't look away i remember when he did your favorite move where he does like the the turnaround into the elbow when he goes mm-hmm. and throws up. I forgot that move existed and he like just did it out of nowhere. And I was like, Oh my God, he fucking did it. It was so good, man. I loved it. And I can't wait for him to bring Roosh back. I don't care that none of these guys are getting punished. I just want to see good pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. Agreed. I love this match. It just in terms of, uh, seeing that Andrade that we kind of fell in love with in NXT. This was definitely, to me, his best AEW match. And, uh, you know, I love the spot where where uh, Buddy hits Rhea's finish, her submission, like the Texas Cloverleaf with Scorpion Lock, whatever. I popped really yeah. hard for the fucking figure eight. The figure really eight awesome. popped me. Ridic- I couldn't, when he was in the figure four, I was like, that's cool. When he... Won the match with a figure eight. I like started screaming. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, he's doing. I was like, what a king. First of all, winning this match with his woman's move. He loves her. He loves Charlotte so much. <laughs> what a fucking king. What a Chad right now. And, uh, you know, House of Black gets involved at the end. You know, the lights go out and they show up. So I'm totally fine with this being uh, a feud for House of Black because they're not really doing anything necessarily, uh, you know, exciting. Other than just doing yeah. open house trios things. So why not do like a LFI versus House of Black feud that can be on Rampage? I know that I think Andrade is wrestling Brody King this week. So we'll see. We'll so see what, what happens. what does LFI stand for? Because it's not Los Ingobernables, but they are Los Ingobernables, are they not? Yeah, it's La Faction Ingobernables. So it's, I guess, uh, like a I subsection, like BC Gold type beat. Yes. You know? <clears throat> I see. I get it now. Now, do you think we're going to get Roosh back? 
Yeah, we have to because that's it. You know, like who else are they going to get? <laughs> you know, who else is Andrade going to ride I mean, they had with? three people recently. I feel like, or they had two other people in an LFI match. They had Preston Vance and that other luchador that nobody knows. Drillistico. Drillistico. Yeah, the, you're going to have yeah. these people. Come on, I don't even want Preston Vance. I'd rather them get Roosh and somebody new. Bring over somebody from Same. Japan. I would love that if they can get somebody from fucking. Uh, I'll take Bushi. Just their... I'll take fucking Bushi. Then these goddamn jobbers they have get Bushi as the pen eater. <laughs> At least he's a respectable pen eater, as opposed to these nobodies that they got. Fucking Preston Vance, get out of here! I don't care if he's Zero's favorite wrestler. This guy sucks. <laughs> Got to get a uh, respectable. Would you say respectable? Pin eater. Pin eater <laughs> on a t-shirt, you know? Uh, <laughs> speaking about respectable pin eater, we had uh, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow for the TNT title. And we have a Christian new one. TNT. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> new TNT champion, Christian, but it's actually Luchasaurus. Um, Woo! It's amazing. Whatever. That was the best part of it, was Christian holding up the belt like he won. It was the best know? part of it. He's the best. He's like just like the worst dude. <laughs> He just stinks. He's just a stinky guy. I loved it. Whatever. Match was fine. The title means nothing. Um, Yeah. Cool. I'm so happy for Christian. He deserves this. For sure. And, um, you know, one thing that I want to bring up outside of the ring, did you see all this talk that Chris Hero is getting a trial run backstage at AEW? So is he going to be like a producer? I think so. And I don't know if you can tell, but... I'm actually wearing my fucking Chris Hero shirt that I ordered two weeks ago. And I, I just thought it was pretty kismet. I was like, wh- when I saw that headline that he was signing, I was like, oh, my God, did I fucking do this? Did he's like, people still do care about me. Maybe I should try <laughs> it out. One at shirt AEW order. Or and he's like, oh, man, like the people are really into me. <laughs> Dude, he looked I at love... his like his thousand action figures and he's like, guys. I'm gonna go back out there, and I'm gonna live for. My, I'm gonna fight for my dreams, and my my dreams will fight for me. <laughs> he fucking should, dude. I am a big Chris Hero mark. I, dude, when I first started downloading random indie wrestling on LimeWire back in the day, I think my first Chris Hero match I ever watched was him versus Roddy Strong at a some Ring of Honor event, and I just fell in love with. His promos, his in-ring style, his work. So I think he would be a great addition to AEW, even if it's backstage. And, you know, you have the the Kings of Wrestling tie with him and Claudio. You know, that's pretty... Like, he got me into Claudio back in the day. Mm. You know? back yeah, from, you and Eddie Kingston both. <laughs> back from FCW, dude, it was... Watching him in NXT as Cassius Ono, I was really hoping for big things with this guy. But, you know, we'll see if he... I would love to see an in-ring return for Chris Hero in 2023. Um, I don't think we're getting an in-ring return, but I think a backstage role would be great. His mind for the business is fucking crazy. This guy's a goddamn encyclopedia. Also, it reeks of CM Punk nepotism in a good way. You know, that's his boy. That's the original Roman Reigns right there. That's Cassius Ono, tribal chief of the bloodline that we're talking about dude. And this shirt that I got from him, how old this shirt is. This is the Chris hero parody life of Pablo Kanye West shirt. So whenever that <laughs> drops, that's how old this shirt is. And I was like, that's this some fucking fire. I'm going to fucking buy that's it. That's so funny, <laughs> but that's hilarious. 
All right, let's talk about some fucking dynamite now that we're done with Collision. Um, what's the first thing you want to start with from uh, this week's dynamite? I mean, dude, we had fucking Shibata on it. I had to show the Valley of the Lore of Shibata last night. And by lore, I mean I watched, I showed her him giving himself a sub a subernal hematoma, <laughs> a subdural hematoma in his match against Okada. I can't fucking forget because every time he pops up, Excalibur just says it. In, in one breath, everything that happened to him, you know, Dude, just to remind I mean, you. it is the most relevant thing that you could bring up for, like, any wrestler. You gotta bring it up. I mean, this guy is, like, six matches deep <laughs> from coming back from that. Also, I mean, re-watching that, when he, he turns around with that blood coming down his head, and he makes the sexiest face. He <laughs> looks so fucking cool. But little does anybody know, he is dying. Blood clots are forming in his brain, actively trying to kill him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had Orange Cassidy and Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Danny Garcia. Um, I mean, the match was what it was. The finish was really cool. I loved OC accidentally punching Shibata in the face. Danny Garcia steals it. And, you know, I, I didn't even know until the end of the match that they made it official already that those four men were just going to do a four-way. On Sunday, you know, very That's what I figured in. it was going to be, right? That's what they were, like, talking about last week. And then OC's like, let's have a tag team next week. I was like, okay, but this is certainly going to be, like, a four-way. I'm excited. I mean, it's not for a title, right? It's just an exhibition match? I think it's for the international title, I'm pretty sure. Huh. I hope it's not. Because also, Shibata is a champion. ZSJ is a champion. They all have titles. So there's no reason for just OC to put up his title. Um, and that way anybody can win. Shibata can win if there's no title on the line. Danny Garcia Maybe. can win. Anybody can win. Whoever's title is on the line is like gonna win. Maybe. So I think, I mean, obviously it's going to be an OC match. You know, uh, Danny Garcia has got the face of a respectable pain eater. If I've ever seen one, you know, oh, and, uh, man. <laughs> but God what damn, me, God is ass. What popped me the most was OC fine. Like when he yanked that title away, I was like, <gasps> And then I was like, oh, it's over. The moment's gone. It's already done. You know, But it got me. Got me really quick. Um, but we'll see another match for Forbidden Door. Uh, what else was there? We got uh, the uh, the Ass Boys versus the Hardys. You know, the match was what it was for me. Nothing crazy, nothing special. But the, the announcers that- had, or the commentators rather, had the audacity when Jeff Hardy was wrestling to say he hasn't missed a step. Like, this motherfucker doesn't actively miss steps in each of his wrestling matches that he has. It's just rude. It's insulting the intelligence. Just don't say it. Just say, wow, he still looks good. Don't say he hasn't missed a step. This guy fell off the ropes last week. I saw it. Yeah, and they want to say that that was a work and it was, you know, planned, but still didn't look great. But I'm glad that the ass boys are going over. Um, the ass boys need to be part of bullet club. I feel like just having them part of it would be huge. You know, it's like the DX guys kid in like a bullet club. There's like some sort of, there's like something there that they could do. You know what I mean? You know what I think would be the biggest thing with that is, and somebody brought it up, not in regards to this, but in regards to when Jay white and juice came out during the match with Samoa Joe against CM punk, they said that Jay white didn't seem like, 
like a champion. He didn't seem like this big guy and that Samoa Joe seemed bigger. And the reason is because he came out as part of a tag team. Nothing wrong with being in a tag team, but when you come out as a tag team, you're not going to seem like this world-traveled, world-champion, you know, guy who beat Okada. You're going to seem like the guy with Juice Robinson. So by getting a tag team in this group, then you can promote everybody. Juice Robinson becomes the mid-card guy, and uh, Jay White becomes the world champion that he's supposed to be, and everybody falls into the places that they're supposed to be and can really do some real faction shit by just filling out that faction. Just don't make it any bigger than that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so I, I hope that that's where this goes because I would love for Jay White to get more singles love, you know. And uh, you know, after the match, after the post match beatdown, we get uh, Ricky Starks, FTR, and CM Punk coming out for the save. Pretty lit, you know. I, I love you know CM Punk in the Danhausen shirt. That was really cool. Yeah, it's um, so funny. And why not? Shout out Danhausen, shit arm man, as he's so called. It's perfect that, you know, I'm glad that Punk is appearing also on Dynamite to keep the stories going and keep the heat going into the next collision, you know? Yeah, and dude, I just hope that they keep this storyline going, but I hope they can wrap it up and get the elite story going. I hope they show up on Collision. You know, he's talking about the Bucks. I want to hear Carry On My Wayward Son hit on Collision. Also... Just real quick, because we didn't get to it. What were your thoughts on the on the set, the stage for Collision? Because I fucking loved it. That red. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, the production. How it did look a little different than Dynamite, even though like the f- overall feel still kind of reminded me of Dynamite. You know, kind of just like throw whatever match here, the crowd will go crazy and have a good time. The live crowd will have an awesome twenty minutes watching these guys work. But I'm hoping that, like, yeah, moving forward, that they can kind of maybe that's not maybe that's the goal. They want to keep it very close to dynamite. But I I don't know what they could do to make it different. I just hope that they could like just make it stand out a little bit more. Maybe have like those rosters a little more defined instead of just having dynamite jobbers losing to I guess collision main eventers or whatever. You know, like because they have like Scorpio Sky coming back. They have Powerhouse Hobbs kind of put on there. I just hope that they can establish it a little bit more what it actually means to be on collision you know what i mean yeah i mean certainly they need i think they need a a hard a hard you know hard what's it called (laughs) they need to be hard they need to be really really hard about this they need to get real 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 fucking hard hard. they need to get rock hard juice robinson about this a hard split Hard split, hard not factions, <laughs> but a hard roster split. God damn. Well said. Need a hard said, roster split. Jesus Christ. Speaking of hard, Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki versus AR Fox, Darius Martin, and Action Andretti. You know, hopefully this is an again another thrown together team because Dante Martin broke his legs at Ring of Honor a couple months ago. You haven't seen that clip, dude? No. Dude, I got to send that to you. It was literally Penta, like, did a move onto Darius Martin from the ladder inside the ring onto, like, five tables, like, stacked up. And then when he landed, his whole leg turned the opposite way. It was fucking gross. So he's probably out for a while. Sorry, Dante Martin. But this match was whatever 
you know, it was what it was. Um, and they have this kind of was this team was thrown together, this forbidden door team, just so they could have somebody from New Japan in the story of Chris Jericho versus Sting. And to me, to be honest, because like I, I think we talked about this the other week, how like Minoru Suzuki hasn't done anything necessarily since uh, disbanding his faction at the end of last year. I think he wrestled at some New Japan, All Japan, Noah uh pay-per-view altogether but that's about it and like and this and for me i personally would have loved to see minoru suzuki just in a singles match just like a two-week build to one little feud here but instead we get this team of jericho sammy and suzuki versus darby sting and a partner that will be announced on this week's collision who do you think that darby's gonna call up uh the guy that retired that they've been doing trios matches with who spits Ooh. in your face? Oh, Muda? Muda! Maybe. Is he fully Maybe. retired yet? Is he still on tour? Allegedly, I, I would say that he ended his retirement at the Hall of Fame, but, you know? <laughs> Come on, dude. This is, a, this is a Japanese man. He's not having his grand finale at the WWE Hall of Fame. And, to be honest, you know, this feat is pretty mid. Like, Forbidden Door doesn't matter. I'll wait till... The... Whoa, whoa! You didn't like Chris Jericho and Sting holding their their bats to each other's necks? <laughs> they were crossing bats with each other. I think I was okay. You know, that's Sting, <laughs> aka Mihawk, and Chris Jericho, aka the Star Clown Buggy. Die flashily, <laughs> motherfucker! Chris Jericho would be a great buggy. He'd I'd be a great buggy. You know? I had somebody else's buggy, and then I was like, no, it's Chris Jericho, the Pain Maker. The Dude, pain maker, he, yeah. He does yeah. it all. He does it all for Buggy so well. <laughs> and just somehow fails his way to the top, you know? He was oh. always pretty mid, but always amazing, you know, in the right ways. You know what I mean? Mid-canon-wise, you know? But to us, the real fans, the true Pirate King, some would say, <laughs> you know? He's uh, gonna end up the Pirate King by the end. Sorry, whoever Brian Daniels. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. Buggy goes on top, but, um, always, uh, all right. You want to talk about this fucking blind tag team tournament thing? What is this gimmick show? What the fuck is this? So here's what I will say on one hand, it's like a whatever idea, but having a segment where it's RJ city and Tony Schiavone picking out like a lotto ball and being like, Oh, that's really cool. Shut the fuck up. You're you're that. wasting a minute of my time so you can go, oh, that's cool. You'll find out next week. Literally kill yourself. <laughs> kill yourself. I I rewinded to be like, did they actually just do that? This was it, the dumbest fucking scene in a sea of dumb scenes in pro wrestling. You know, when you're watching seven hours of pro wrestling a week, you're gonna see a lot of dumb fucking shit and my god that takes the cake of the dumbest fucking thing ever they do not have enough quality control in AEW to let that stupid fucking thing pass how dumb and bad yeah i hated that segment but if the payoff was mjf and adam cole both yelling at tony shivani 
Not gonna lie, I popped a little bit for that. I popped for I shut popped up Shivani. I popped for <laughs> shut up Shivani. Also, them being a tag team, enemies to lovers storyline. I sort of like that. Me too. That's what I'm like. At first, like on paper, the blind eliminator tag team, whatever. It sounds fucking stupid. But if you're gonna be able to create little storylines here like that, a little bit of tension between two singles people, or you throw two jabronis together and then you know see what happens with these new tag teams because again the roster is really bloated the tag team division fucking sucks it's awful it's a terrible tag division in aew and maybe this is the start of maybe putting some people together that they can make some cash with you know make some good stories have some great matches something that's a little bit more fresh cm punk and kenny omega Dude. In a tag team, that would Claudio, be crazy. That would be, and they win. That would be fucking crazy. Or like, or Kenny, if they don't want to go there yet, if they do Kenny Omega and Takeshita, yeah, that could be really interesting. Like, there's a lot of cool things you can do. I, lo- I actually like the idea of the blind tournament. I just hated that fucking segment with the drawing of the ball <laughs> and Tony being like, "Oh, that's really cool." You'll find out. Stop. Just don't show that scene. Just be like, yo, like we're we're showing it all next week. Ah, or give us a sneak peek. Just one sneak peek. Like this is this is what it's gonna be like. Yeah, you just show one name. Jungle Boy or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but we're gonna get Jungle Boy and uh, 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 Athena on a team or something. I don't (laughs) fucking know. (laughs) So let's see. So we have MJF and Adam Cole. You said. Who'd you say Kenny Omega and I don't think CM Punk. Team with CM Punk. Well, yeah, but let's, let's just say Kenny Omega and Takeshita. Who would you team CM Punk with? Because for me, you could fucking put CM Punk and Brian Danielson together because I know they don't got that much beef. And that's sort of like, you know, a little or, or you know, CM Punk and Moxley or something. CM like that, Punk you know? and Moxley could be really cool. Yeah. There's Eddie and Claudio of, would be really fun. Yeah, Mm-hmm. There's a you lot just of cool pair, people. You, you pair the people. Chris who are Hero. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens next week with this uh, fucking blind eliminator tournament. But What's you know, the CM Punk and Nigel McGuinness. How'd he get in here? It's like the Goblet of Fire. It shows him. <laughs> <laughs> it shows <laughs> Nigel him, yeah. McGuinness wins it all, covered in blood and hepatitis. Uh, but yeah, you know this this uh, the segment with Adam Cole and MJF. I did like that how Adam Cole basically said that he didn't beat MJF, but MJF didn't beat him either. And I didn't really like that Adam Cole was just baiting MJF. It kind of felt like childish, you know, to get this kind of corny. But at the end of the day, we end up confirming and we get the match Tanahashi versus MJF because Tanahashi's dream is to main event Wembley Stadium. You know actually or did he That's, just say that oh i guess you didn't you couldn't understand him in that uh you know broken yeah, english promo what i heard was oh mjf stupid jewish boy long island uh, uh ducking coward me uh you don't eat sushi right you all right let's fork. uh let's mark that clip you know we'll <laughs> see what we can do with that uh you but just yeah. get rid of the whole thing <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens with mjf and adam cole i'm glad that they're they're still continuing the storyline i'm not completely bored of it yet um but speaking of completely bored, you know, we have the Owen Hart tournament this year. I am glad that we are just getting the brackets. We're not fucking uh, getting any qualifying matches for 12 weeks before the real tournament starts. So I just hope they can keep it like nice and tight. Just 
what is it, eight matches or something like that? Yeah, eight um, matches. But it's all collision people for the Owen Hart Cup on the men's side. And it's mixed on the women's side. But it's all collision people on the men's side, which is interesting. I also think it's interesting that, you know, I think it's like, what, yeah, Punk and Kojima and then Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe are on the same side. So it's like you're going to get most likely Punk versus Joe, right? I would yeah. love Punk to lose in this tournament. In the, It'd he's be wearing very those interesting. Bret I, mean, I feel like he has to. I don't, I don't think putting this fake title on him is good. Also, I don't think having a belt or a title be the reward for the Owen Cup thing is good at all. I think it's stupid and bad. Yeah. I just hope that there's some sort of like just any sort of title shot or something. I don't really know what they could do, but yeah, for just a trophy, that's a belt that Adam Cole wore once and then never wore again. Like who cares? You know? Yeah. At least this one looks a little bit different, but I do think it's silly. I thought it was weird to even put punk in this at all. Cause I don't think he should win. So it's like, Oh, so he's got to lose. Then he's eating a loss, which he shouldn't do. Or he, like, wins the whole thing. This should be used to put somebody over, like Hobbs. You would think. But, you know, CM Punk does wear the, you know, the Bret Hart-inspired pink and black tights. So he might go over. He might go over. Lame. Bad move. Will Ospreay shows up on Dynamite this week. Um, and Don Callis says he has military-grade security. Uh, any thoughts on this partnership that seems to be forming of Don Cowles and Will Ospreay? I don't know how much of a partnership it is. Ospreay didn't seem to like him. What do you think his military-grade security is? you think it's the thummies from the first Spy Kids? (laughs) Don Callis, you know, I saw some clips of him, like, back in the day when he had, like, long, flowy hair. I mean, this guy's got fucking friends in high places, it looks like, you know? (laughs) Especially in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know... I love this storyline. I hope that uh, this is like something for Osprey to use because I feel like his career, he's been doing kind of his own thing, like on his own and like building his own career in New Japan, not really through any, I guess, like evil mastermind wise man type of deal. You know, no Paul Heyman or uh, Don Callis type figure, but maybe this could, you know, reinvigorate his stuff over in New Japan. I would not hate that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like Don Callis. I don't think he's doing like a, a Paul Heyman light. I think him and Paul Heyman are like very much different enough. I I love the way that Takeshita is looking. I'm enjoying all of it. So I don't I don't know. I don't really understand the complaints. I'm also looking at pictures of young Don, Don Callis. Can't believe he was in WWE. I don't remember that <laughs> back when I was watching in 1998. I don't remember him walking around with Edge. Yeah, exactly. The Canadian connection right there, you know? Mm, all the Canadians, they love them, they, these Canucks. But, uh, yeah. So the last kind of thing from Dynamite that I want to talk about is Eddie Kingston. You know, so we have the elite in the back, you know, kind of responding to uh, the BCC and Takeshita. And basically, uh, what's it called? Let me see. What is this? Oh, Don Callis. Yeah, dude. He looks like fucking... What is his name? Truth Martini. Truth Martini. That's what I was <laughs> he thinking. Looks like fucking dude, he looks, he looks like, like Truth Martini. Martini. This guy knows a guy. That's all I got to say. You know, <laughs> he knows Truth Martini. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, Eddie Kingston, so good, man. I'm so happy that he's back. Uh, I loved his promo in the back with the Elite. They 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 don't seem to care. You know who that they can team up with. 
Um, but aside from him announcing Ishii, who I could give a fuck less about being the, the tag team partner, what's more interesting to me is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, because that, that tension, that mic work, you know, it just feels real. We've seen them. They ran fucking AEW for two years, especially during the pandemic. Um, we know that they're boys and I love that that's like the thing where he's he cut him off and was like speaking into Moxley's mic and he couldn't really get Dude, a word in. That was so hype when he's like, no, nah, say it. Say what you're going to say. And then what? And then what? And then what? He's like, if you ain't going to say it, then I ain't got time for you. The fifth member yeah. is, is Ishii and he just throws yeah. the mic. I was like, ah, oh, Eddie Kingston's so goddamn real. Uh, <laughs> Yankee Brim Power is just <laughs> unmatched. And he's like, I got to put a T-shirt on. I ate a lot of ice cream or something like that. He's so real, dude. He's so good. Uh, but yeah, you know, Moxley just fucking beelines it away. And Claudio gets his licks in. He fucking beats down Eddie Kingston. And uh, as the BCC uh, does the beat down on Eddie Kingston and Ishii, we get the fucking change drop. The Rainmaker made his appearance. Okada showed up to go face-to-face with Brian Danielson. Did you pop for Okada? Uh, yes. I couldn't even hear the change drop because the crowd was way louder than any of that. I was like, oh, it just must be Okada because why else would the crowd be going ballistic right now? <laughs> it's so amazing. I fucking love Okada. And his whole exchange with, with Brian Danielson was fucking sick. And lucky Wheeler Yuta getting to eat a Rainmaker like that. Dude, it was fucking... I can't wait for this match. I can't wait to drop $50. I am 1,000% going to be watching Forbidden Door live on Sunday. Um, do you have the card up by any chance? You want to do any quick picks or anything? Um, I mean, we made picks on most of it already. So, I mean, do you want to make a pick on Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler? Is that at Forbidden Door? Confirmed? That is at Forbidden Door. <sighs> Adam Cole, I guess. I guess. Okay, I'll take Adam Cole also. Uh, <laughs> Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. That's actually going to be hype as shit. I actually really liked Tony's promo on Dynamite. It was a little video package with her and Willow. But like I said, like Jamie Hayter getting injured was the best thing to happen for Tony Storm because she gets this redo. She gets this another real run. Uh, I guess her first official real run where people actually take her seriously as a yeah. W women's champion. And she's fucking good. She's so she's good on good. the mic and she's really good in the ring. So mm-hmm. I'll take Willow. <laughs> um, what I really liked about this too, is that, or more to what you were saying is like Jamie Hader for the first time really made the title matter. It feels like, cause when Brit had it, like she mattered, but the division didn't. But by the time that Jamie got it, she mattered and the division mattered. And then she was beating people. So now that she passed it off to Tony, it feels like a real division fighting for a real champion. This is going to be hype. That promo was so funny because they're like interviewing Willow, right? And they're asking her questions. She's like, no, nah, I don't. I don't respect her. I don't respect her work ethic, blah, blah, blah. And then they just pan to Tony and she's like, she doesn't respect my work ethic. I'm like, you guys are just ratting on Willow. <laughs> <laughs> can't trust a goddamn cameraman in this town. <laughs> think you know somebody. I can't, yeah. And this match is going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You got Tony on this one? It's Tony time? I got, I got, I'll take Tony. I'll take Tony since you got Willow. Goddamn, she's a champion. <laughs> she's going to be a double champ by the end of this, that goddamn Willow Nightingale. 
Uh, What's next on the card? Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Katsuyori Shibata versus Daniel Garcia for the AEW International Championship. OC, respectable paint eater, Danny Garcia takes the L. That's my. I will bet uh, Shibata beats all three of them, stacks them all up at once while also crushing another Subdoro Hematoma. Just starts headbutting people for real. Until he wins the title. Yes, exactly. And they're like, please, we'll we'll all lay down. Please stop. Don't do this again. (laughs) They don't even Uh, get knocked out by the headbuster. Just like, please, please, we don't want to. We we love you, Shibata. Like a young Roosh going into business for himself. You know, we'd love (laughs) to see that. Uh, What's next on the card? CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. This is at Forbidden Door 2? Oh my god. Yes. You need CM Punk on the card, you know? Gotta make the elite uncomfortable. Do you think... How gassed do you think Punk will be by the end of this? Do you think they're gonna protect him and he's gonna (laughs) get out a respectable... (laughs) Yeah, do you think he's gonna get out in a respectable time, or do you think he's gonna push it to the limit and be gassed as fuck? He's gonna push it to the limit because it's it's his first, like, Japan match. Hmm. And I imagine I, I'm pretty Kojima sure. doesn't go that slow. He's going to be hitting this man with lariats. Also, Kojima's like 80 years old, so you know he's pretty fucking old. He's is not. he? He's How probably old is in he? like his like he's probably in his like 50s or something like that. He's got to be. Yeah, he's 52. Yeah. So I guess you know, Punk's got the cardio of a 52 year old guy. Who do you got uh, winning? I know it's going to be a CM Punk, but I would love. It's going to be CM Punk. They can't get but, this fucking guy to fly back from Japan to keep wrestling these matches. Dude. He, he just doesn't leave. Then he does the next match on Collision. Think about it. Punk has a match on Collision the night before. Oh, wow. They so could get him out right really away. Guessed. He could get attacked by <laughs> Joe right before that match. It's true. It's true. They could definitely have that, but I'm still taking CM Punk. I don't know about you. You know, I'll you can do Kojima. Kojima with shenanigans, you know. I'll take Ko- I'll take Kojima. I don't need any, you know. <laughs> we'll just take Kojima, you know. As a big CM Punk mark, I'll just take Kojima. Okay, the ten man tag team match. Next. The, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, the sorry. elite versus it's the BCC. The uh, I got Shota pinning um, Ishii. I just I just wish that they could have gotten. Somebody else besides Eddie Kingston and Ishii, to be honest. But yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. Fucking... How are those the two to fill out the crew? That makes no sense. Also, also, you're the Bucks and Kenny Omega, right? And this guy walks in and he's your enemy, John Moxley's in canon best friend, and he starts insulting you. And he goes, I'm going to be on your team. And you're just like, okay, we'll let you on. What? You guys are dumb as hell. Young cucks, idiots. BCC I'll the, wins. Uh, I'll take the counterfeit bucks. It's fine. You can take the counterfeit bucks. Never. I'll take the Blackpool Combat Club. They don't deserve it. Let's right, how many matches Gods versus yeah. Sting, Darby, and TBA. Mm, doesn't matter. Is that the real question? You know, TBA pins Sammy. Boom. Next. 
MJF versus Tanahashi. We already know this. Next. You're right. Tanahashi wins, and then they have <laughs> Tanahashi versus CM Punk in a title unification match. At Wembley Couldn't Stadium. agree more. Perfect. Sonata versus Jungle Boy with a... <laughs> I mean, I'm going for my fucking Just Five Guys over here. I'm a big Sonata mark over here, so Dude, I'm going with if him. Jungle Boy wins, I will eat one of my own socks. <laughs> Facts. I hope there's some hook shenanigans. I hope he turns heel on on Jungle Boy. That's what I would love. That would be amazing. That or they like they'll probably uh, yeah. I hope I hope Hook turns on Jungle Boy. It's a great way to protect Jungle Boy. He's the sixth guy. Who's the sixth man? You know something like that. Uh, Athena versus Billy Starks. This is what in, the fuck. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> oh my god. I missed it. This is going to be in the pre-show. This is the women's Owen Hart Cup first match. I got Athena. I love Athena. Next. How dare you? Kill yourself. (laughs) Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. So do you think this is time limit draw, or do you have a person that you think is going to go Okada. Okada's going I'm going to go 60-minute draw. I don't know what I said last week, but I'll say, or 30-minute time limit draw. Whatever the draw is, yeah. Do you think Okada, draw or not, does Okada land a Rainmaker on Brian Danielson? Okay. Yeah, he multiple. I'll go one. You're saying over one? Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I think so. I think the only reason why they wouldn't, because I know they love to protect their finishers, but like, for example, in his matches against Kenny Omega, he lands a bunch of Rainmakers, you know, in like these really high stake matches against high, high level people, he lands multiple. And sometimes they kick out. Sometimes he rolls away. Sometimes the enemy rolls away. I just don't know I, if, if Brian Danielson's brain can actually handle more than one. That's he can. All. He can. <laughs> he has a strong brain. He doesn't have any legions. And I also think that Okada respects the fuck out of Brian Danielson and knows that this guy gets to kick out of Rainmakers. You know? Let's hope. We can only hope. And I think that's it, right? For Forbidden Door and AEW this How week. How dare you? No. What else Osprey is left? Osprey versus Kenny Omega. Oh. Osprey. Osprey's Osprey. taking the title back to New Japan. Osprey. Sure. Osprey. All yeah. right. Well, we'll see what happens on Sunday live on pay per view. But until then, let's talk about some fucking SmackDown, dude. The Bloodline is finally over. Jay Uso, this segment, dude, please. I mean, what was it? Was this the main event? This is the main event of SmackDown. This is the main event of SmackDown. Look, ma'am, CM Punk coming back was great, but nothing was as powerful as this segment. Jay Uso did more in six words than anybody did in the entire week of pro wrestling. Then everything else combined. When he said, you're out, but I'm out too, and then kicked Roman in the face. Sorry, babes. It's what all of pro wrestling is about right there. That moment. For sure. <laughs> the climax of a story. This is like a two-year story with Jey Uso. This Dude, goes when back Roman... to like the fucking pandemic. <laughs> yeah, when Roman said, you know... I got you here. I've been grooming you for three years. 
like, you know, talking about making him the right hand man, the main event. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting fucking worked. This 3D storyline, like you said, three years in the making since the pandemic, you know, and I started to believe him, you know, when he's like, he's going to take them to the promised land, but Jay's going to keep him there. And I was like, I, no matter what, I was like, this is fucking working on me. And uh, don't sleep on Jimmy, dude. We always talk about this. Jimmy Uso is so good on the microphone. I mean, everybody talks about Jay, but I don't think Jimmy gets enough credit because he's a pivotal part of the storyline. And just obviously being twin brothers with, with Jay Uso just made this hit at a different level. You know what I mean? Some would um, say it's greatness on a different level. <laughs> some would say that. Uh, but yeah, man, this was just a, an incredible segment. Uh, <clears throat> we get uh, the fucking bloodline civil war at money in the bank. And what I want to, what I want to know from you is what's more, what's a more iconic moment, Seth Rollins betraying Roman reigns in the shield or Jay Uso super kicking Roman and ending the bloodline. Look, I know a lot of people care about the shield ending, but this is more iconic. This is three years in the making. This is family. This is the greatest champion of the last decade a thousand years everything that's holding him up is the bloodline this is the bloodline era and this is the bloodline era crashing down this is 20 people trying to tear down roman and failing and sammy having to come in and start the dissolution of the bloodline and then finally jay the one who's been the most torn the one who's cared the most the heart of this entire thing destroying it this is the payoff of one of the greatest storylines in the last 20 years this is not a shocking turn this is the climax of a amazingly and perfectly told story of family and betrayal and champions and blood facts so jay uso is jay more uso. iconic easy jay uso Jay Uso is more iconic than anything that Seth has done. Okay. All right. Let's not get crazy over here. Well, then what? <laughs> Him swinging a belt at the top of the thing? Sorry. No. Uh, I guess you could make the argument, but we'll see how this pans out. You know, I'm super excited for this Civil War thing. I love the double super kick to Roman again and to Solo. So we'll see what happens at Money in the Bank. Um, and this is this is perfect, dude. Just let fucking Roman keep racking up those days, you know, just have him keep climbing. I'll have him champion for another year if this storyline is what I get, you know? What about another thousand days? Maybe. I could see it. Crazy. What's wrong with you? <laughs> dude, Roman can can keep the belt as long as he wants if he gets to carry around three belts for another thousand days. I am get totally a new down belt with that. every year. Yeah, dude, the Infinity Stone belts, that would be crazy. Just get one in every color. What color is next? Purple, I guess, would be a good one. Purple would be a good one, for sure. Very thanos of him, you know? He gets the uh, he gets the Jeff Hardy belt. Um, But all right, let's talk about some more stuff from SmackDown. Um, what's it, Oh, before that, before we, we jump into a few things, um, Mass Man Show brought up that payback, the pay-per-view is making its return. And this is the pay-per-view from three years ago that Roman Reigns beat Bray Wyatt 
for the universal title initially. So do you think that bringing back payback is part of that bigger story? Maybe Bray Wyatt kind of folds into it. Do you think anything about uh, this at all? <laughs> no, I don't think that that's going to be. I, it could be, but I don't see any reason why it would be. You know what? Bring Bray Wyatt back just to lose to Roman. Maybe. At least it's the only good that Bray would do, do is the only good that would do is pushing off until Royal Rumble. That's the next move, you know. Who wins the Royal Rumble? That's the real question. Cody or Jay? Yeah, there's so many different things that we can do um, with Roman. But we'll we'll, we'll when's see payback? What payback, I think, is in the fall. So, do you think we get the Fatal Four Way at SummerSlam? No, I don't think so. I don't think that there's like I know that that people you think he's gonna that that's, ke- like, they're gonna keep Solo Sokoa as the heater. I don't know about heater, but I just don't think a four way even makes any sense because clearly it feels like that Jimmy and Jay are together. You know, I don't see them for any reason, especially now that they're united to be facing each other in a match, even if it is across solo and Roman in like a four way, but we can only hope. But yeah, another thing I wanted to ask you about from SmackDown is, uh, did you enjoy this week's Grayson Waller effect? I enjoy every week's Grayson Waller effect. I'm really happy that all these new guys are getting pushed and they all are, all are getting pushed in a different way. And that Grayson Waller just gets to interview top people like Bianca and Charlotte. And it gives everybody the proper rub that they deserve. Bianca and Charlotte get to push their story forward and give Grayson Waller the rub and make him look good so that when he is the person that dethrones Roman, it makes sense. (laughs) Dude, I thought this promo was great when Charlotte uh, comes out and, you know, talks about the match and Bianca wants her rematch and, you know, Charlotte cut the line, blah, blah, blah. And when Charlotte said, hey, I, I lost my match and I didn't get a rematch, so I feel like it's deserved. And I was like, that's kind of facts. You know, like she did lose this whole like, you know, raw SmackDown women's champion. Like there's no more of that. So it's all just it all makes sense to me. But the the part that I really liked towards the end of this was, you know, Bianca was a little flustered at first. I feel like in this promo, but by the end of it, I was like, this feud could be the main event of a of any PLE like easily could be just an amazing feud for the two of them. And I think that Charlotte being this, uh, just however she, however she does her fucking promos. Cause Charlotte's one of the best in the business, hands down. We all know this, but I think that her and Bianca working together could really elevate Bianca and just really elevate Bianca's promo game. Cause she's, let's be honest. She's an amazing worker. Her promos are always okay at best, but by the end of this, I thought things were heating up and I can't wait to see this fucking match eventually. You know, do you think we get um, the the third man in this, a.k.a. the lover boy Montez, as some would cast as Sanji, maybe to come help Bianca? <laughs> you cast him as Sanji. OK, yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm he just, just got hard eyes. He got that. He's smooth. And pre time skip Sanji is just so smooth. So okay. I just feel like it had okay. to be Montez. 
Maybe, maybe this is all over the place. You're casting, but I mean, Montez, <laughs> you gotta be, dude. <laughs> Montez and Dawkins. I don't really know what their plan is. They're kind of just lingering in the tag division on SmackDown. Uh, no, I would say no. I say keep this about Bianca and Charlotte for now. Maybe down the line when Bianca is more established in whatever direction she's going, whether it is more heel. Like, I think that you can save it for that as opposed to just like kind of looping it in. But uh, speaking when about Andrade finishes his contract and gets back to WWE where he belongs. Exactly. But yeah, speaking of tag teams, dude, any thoughts on Pretty Deadly winning the number one contenders tournament? Hype. It goes right back into what I was saying about Grayson Waller. All these new guys are just actually getting pushed, except for JD McDonough. And it really is helping all of them so much. I'm so hyped for Pretty Deadly. They have a great look. They have a lot going for them. So fuck it. I can't wait to see them mix it up with Kevin and uh, Sammy. Kevin, a rageaholic. So good luck. Pretty deadly. Yes, boys. So let's talk about fucking raw, dude. You know, you were talking about KO being a rageaholic. I loved like, I think you did you say that earlier, maybe off off the thing where how it's like a completely raw gimmick of just having it's this such a raw, thing, yeah that was off air know? yeah it's such a raw gimmick it's such a raw storyline like they don't do this goofy stuff as much on smackdown for whatever reason because it's such like you know you start telling this silly story at the beginning of the three-hour show and it just carries through it's such a like oh we need a time waste of the show they're like oh kevin's angry not because he's having meltdowns but because he's a rageaholic it's like okay fuck <laughs> it just go with it have fun and it works so goddamn well yeah, all the backstage segments were so great. I love this. Uh, and this is also like a great seed to plant, you know, for Sammy calling Kevin Owens for having an anger problem. This eventually will be him going crazy and being a rageaholic and power bombing him on the apron again, you know? So, and like you said, I love that. I love that, that part of Rob, probably just because they have the three hours to fill, but I love having that story play out throughout the entire night. And by the time it was, it was time for the main event, dude, that crowd was so fucking hot for KO for Sami Zayn, for Cody Roadster and the judgment day. It was incredible, man. And I love me when judgment day is fucking United, dude, my heart broke last week when there was all that dissension. And I really hope that 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 was just like a drop in the bucket in terms of like, Oh, this happened, but then we're going to reunite them, and then you're going to forget about that for like three months, and then they'll bring it up when the turn happens. You know, a bit of so, a bit of foreshadowing. You know, yeah, that's why yeah. JD McDonough wasn't on because he's gonna he's getting he's training, he's getting his anti Judgment Day gear on. You know, his assassination yeah, moves to take out Damian Priest. <laughs> but dude, let's fucking talk about before we we, we break it down a little bit more, man. I want to talk about Finn Balor, man. I want to ask. Is did this did this episode of Raw redeem it at all for you? Did uh you know Finn Balor was fucking stomping and stomping on Seth Rollins? You get three stomps to Seth Rollins. I think Finn's gonna be our next world champion. Do you think that this uh this this more angry side of Finn kind of saved the failure of a promo last week? I don't think his promo needed saving. I think I still liked his promo last week. I still believe him. I'm like, yeah, dude, you have every reason to do this. You fucking hate this dude. And now I'm really believing it. He's just like seven years. Fuck you. Seven years. You wasted my life. Seven years. And just 
beating him up and beating him up. And then it's not over on Raw. Oh, you're on NXT? I'll see you in Florida, motherfucker. Oh, you're beat up from Braun Breaker? You're going to get beat up by Finn Balor now, too. mother. Yeah, it's, dude, on site, that's what we want. They told the story. Beat him up. I heard somebody, I think it was Rosenberg, complaining that they're doing too many beatdowns. They're, they're, they're sacrificing the story for the beatdowns. I totally get that. That's not this, though. They told the story. Finn explained every valid reason that anybody could ever need for wanting to challenge someone for a title. Now he's kicking his fucking ass, as he should. And then Seth had the audacity to be like, I want to see the the Finn that can beat me. He's showing your ass. So get fucking ready, dude. You're going to be limping your way to the stage. Finn's going to kick your ass, and you're going to get cashed in on by the next world champion, Logan Paul. (laughs) Yeah, man. When they announced Logan Paul last week, and we talked about it, this is what everyone's speculating, is that he was going to get thrown into the main event, or I guess not the main event, but the main, the Money in the Bank ladder match. So, as of now, that we have all the competitors in, do you think that Logan Paul can win Money in the Bank? I really was hoping for LA Knight, because this guy is getting monster, monster pops. Could we just take one, because we're going to be focusing on Logan Paul, could we just take one second to appreciate the entire crowd in wherever the fuck going, LA Knight, yeah! Like like 20,000 people screaming as loud as an AEW crowd for him on cue. Like they, he has every crowd in the palm of his hand Shout out LA Knight. This man has hockey up a storm. You know, he's splitting the fucking crap, the clouds. He's it's got something in- for sure. He's got something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. But somebody brought it up and it's just like, yeah, it's going to be Logan Paul because he's going to have that fucking money in the bank briefcase on impulsive. He's going to take it on interviews. He's going to take it on social media stuff on red carpets and he's going to be bragging with it and make wrestling look cool and shit for young people. It's it's happening. So, yes, you think Logan Paul will win? It can only be. It would be a waste to not have him do it. And by him, you mean Logan Paul. Thank Our you. next world champion. <laughs> Our next world champion, Logan Paul. Who do you have Seth. Logan Paul cash in on? Seth. He can't beat Roman. Dude, Logan Paul would look pretty good. With that new world heavyweight title, not gonna lie, and I think the, he's earned it. I think he's earned the right to possibly be a world champion. And what better champion to have than something that doesn't really have any legitimacy or legacy yet? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give him Seth's title. It, it'll be awesome. Seth has to go to Hollywood anyway. He has to go do Marvel stuff. He has to be like, I was the fifth most important villain in this Spider-Man movie or something. Or Captain America movie. Yeah, and Logan Paul's getting so much better on the mic, man. His Cleveland stuff, he's always in Cleveland. Anytime they fucking run the circuit back over to Ohio, he's always there. Uh, love that he healed it up a little bit. And I know that this was just your you know, plug and play. Get everybody who was in the fucking Money in the Bank to cut a promo, a little mini promo about why they're going to win and not Logan Paul. And fucking Butch coming out getting roasted by Logan Paul and just decking him in the face. I fucking love that dude. Logan Paul dives over the top, chugs a prime bottle. Please sponsor this podcast. I love prime. So 
It's so funny how he's always got the prime. See, he's always product pushing. He's like Cody. That's why he's going to have the money in the bank briefcase at all times. He's winning this thing. Easy. Easy peasy. We already know. Uh, you know, do you have a, a pick right now for um, the women's money in the bank? I think the Ooh. final the final spot just got... Uh, who's, the, who's the final spot? I forget. TBA. Oh, no. It's Trish Stratus because of Becky shenanigans. She got disqualified, uh, you know? Who's in it? I then think it's... You know. Yeah, let me know. But, you know, I love that, you know, Becky screwed herself into this whole thing. And I love when Becky's, you know, she's the man with the plan. She's either going to win the match against all odds, or she's going to go down a blaze of glory, hopefully taking out Zoe and Trish with her. And I this see. also sets up perfectly, maybe a little Raquel feud, because she's very green. She's been, you know, there's no more tag teams for her to to be a part of, you know, she's been part of them all. So I hope that they can give her something good, especially because she's not in the money in the bank. But who's in the who's in the match right now? EO Sky, Bailey, Trish, Zoe Stark, uh, Becky Lynch and Zelina Vega. It's all sex. I could I mean, we already know it's fucking EO Sky, right? That's that's like it's got to be EO Sky, right? It's got to be EO Sky. But also the only person not wrapped up in a storyline is Zelina Vega. Everybody else can get distracted during this match except for Zelina Vega. I could totally see Zelina creeping up and just catching, uh, you know, grabbing that briefcase. Especially because she was the most over person at, at a recent pay-per-view, you know? Speaking of that pay-per-view, did you hear that Carlito resigned allegedly? I did. That's fucking crazy. I mean, he looked great. He wrestled yeah, great, I, so fuck it. I wonder who they would put him in. Rey Mysterio hasn't been doing much with the LWO stuff, but maybe maybe there's something there, you know? With yeah, like we should Santos. put more legends in that to try to get these jabronis over. And by jabronis, you mean Zelina Vega. Got it. I mean Santos Escobar. <laughs> God. This guy comes uh, out and puts the whole crowd to sleep. They go from chanting for Logan Paul to taking a nap in the stands. I'm a big Santos Mark, so I will that's not accept one that that <laughs> makes one of you. Um, but all right, uh, the last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was we get the return, your favorite, the Blackheart, Tommaso Blackheart himself, Champa returns to like WWE three shirts, huh? <laughs> I just said that he returned, so. What were your thoughts? Did you pop for fucking Champa and the Miz? I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, I was like, I know that music. Got his old music. He's beating up the Miz. I'm like, this is fucking great. I had to explain to the valet. I was like, I know it may not look like it, but this guy and Johnny Shoosh had the greatest feud of like all time. <laughs> She's like, you fucking hate Johnny Shoosh. I was like, I know, but there was a time where he was like the best baby face and him and this guy had the craziest feud and they switched baby face and heel. And it was just fucking awesome. You had to be there. <laughs> they hated each other. They were brothers. It was beautiful. The storytelling was magnificent. <laughs> Black and gold. What a time to be alive. And I what love a- that Champa just fucking as simple as that. He fucking beat down the Miz. He takes the win and he's like, you didn't call me in the last eight months. And that was it. That's the only reason why he dropped the fucking Pokemon card gimmick with the Miz and him on it. And speaking of Johnny Shoes, I hope that Triple H has enough foresight to basically he's been recreating the hype and the 
the he's got the stars of black and gold on on Fridays and Mondays. So there's definitely a world where you can build them back up and make us care about Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa because when that happens, when we go to fucking 11:05 and the credits roll one time and you see Tommaso Ciampa sneaking up from behind and just does that classic NXT credits roll work you and beats the crap out of Johnny Shush. We're off to the races here, you know, but first DIY reunion. Are you down? I'm down. We always need more tag teams, man. I'm very down. Just get them going, get them facing the Usos and pretty deadly and the Viking Raiders. Dude, Dude. fucking do it. DIY taking the titles off of KO and Sammy. Whenever that is, that's my call. Wow. They should just do the DIY story with Montez and Dawkins to get them over. Just just steal it. I see, but just don't call them DIY. Just, you know. <laughs> it's just the street profits. Just do just wait for the credits to go away, the trademark, and then just have the turn happen. Just steal their story. I would love that. You know, get some <laughs> fucking tag teams, get some fucking heat on this this cold tag team division. But other than that, I think that's it. Is there anything else in this week of pro wrestling that you want to talk about, cover, or you know, debate about for the next uh, couple minutes? Um, CM Punk is the goat. Honestly, nobody makes me care more than him. He just cuts a promo. I don't care that he sucks in the ring. Whatever. He actually you makes know. me care. I agree. AEW has been pretty much a little bit better since CM Punk has showed up, but. On that note, let's get out of here. We'll see some more CM Punk fucking uh, on this weekend on Collision and at Forbidden Door. So you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at 5 Foodie, the number five plugs. Tell me, what do you got? I got no personal plugs, but you can follow the both of us at Illegal Tactics Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. We're making some good edits. You got to check out what Alex was posting earlier this week. It's some fucking good stuff come check it out and if you're here from there then thank you so much for listening we appreciate you all we love you so much yes thank you as always you know tell a friend tell a family member who loves wrestling and thank you for always tuning in so we will catch you here next week we've got smackdown we've got collision we've got forbidden door go watch some wrestling this weekend people peace out bud